This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Any band could give the two-tone bands a run for their money when it came to singing about the state of politics in the late 70s and early 80s. It was the Gang of Four who joined the 1979 Rock Against Racism tour of the UK to counter the growing influence of the racist National Front and the right-wing policies of Margaret Thatcher. Bowser Press succinctly stated, if the clash were the urban guerrillas of rock and roll, Gang of Four were its revolutionary theoreticians. With lyrics by singer John King that critique the failures of capitalist society, married to Andy Gill's searing guitar, and the propulsive rhythms of bassist Dave Allen and drummer Hugo Burnham, the band's angular but danceable punk funk songs coldly document the struggles and power plays inherent in politics and interpersonal relationships. But under all that singular rhythm was a deep love of reggae and dub reggae in particular. According to an interview with Premier Guitar in 2017, Gill noted that 60s ska and early reggae was the antithesis of American and British prog rock. Instead, it was melodic and simple. He explains his introduction to the genre saying, when I was a teenager, there were people who knew about reggae. They were a tiny minority. Most people didn't have a clue about what it was. There were people who had heard early Bob Marley, like Soul Rebels and I guess Catch a Fire was the first big record. But me and some of my friends were into that ska reggae, the slightly faster pre-dub stuff. The band's debut single, Damaged Goods, features mechanical reggae rhythm-like guitar on top of driving drums and bass. This isn't coincidental. If you listen carefully, many of the band's earliest songs from their first two albums have bass lines inspired by dub reggae, and Damaged Goods 
employs the drop-in, drop-out stylings of dub. Instead of guitar solos, the band had anti-solos, leaving space and holes in songs. And by incorporating punk, funk, and reggae, the band created something brand new. As King noted, we absolutely didn't want to be a funk band. There were bands like Average White Band who actually were pretty good funk bands. But we were massive reggae fans, but didn't dream of doing a reggae song. So though we kind of had that in our palette, we were trying to do something that wasn't a funk record and wasn't a reggae record and wasn't a rock record, but it was in our back pocket. It was a funny sort of music. Obviously, it was white music, but it wasn't ripping anyone off. In reviewing the band's first album, Entertainment, Rolling Stone critic Ken Tucker wrote, Rarely have the radical edges of black and white music come closer to overlapping. Hi, I'm Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Punky Reggae Party, a special audio documentary series of the Skaboom podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network that focuses on the historical origins and impact of reggae on popular music that will explore the phenomena of punk and post-punk bands adopting the sounds of reggae. I'm excited that Skaboom is now a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is the MTV of podcasting, featuring a wide range of music shows focused on history, interviews, commentary, news, careers, industry, reviews, conversations, books, films, comedy, and more. The network of 70 shows is hosted by producers, radio DJs, musicians, fans, comedians, actors, authors, and celebrities. Convergence of punk and reggae and punk and ska in the late 70s and early 80s resulted in some significant musical experiments in which punk and post-punk bands incorporated the sounds of reggae and dub in particular. One of those bands is Gang of Four. Gil, who sadly passed away in 2020, mentions his love of Jamaican music during interviews, telling Louder in 2019, Gang of Four's music is not really rooted in British music. It's rooted in American music and Jamaican. I'm a big fan of The Stones, The Kinks, Dr. Feelgood, so there's a bit of that in there. But the stuff I was really listening to was Jimi Hendrix, Velvet Underground, Bob Dylan, all of Motown, James Brown, Stax. So it was a whole mixture of American music. As with many of the late 70s post-punk bands from England, the influx of Afro-Caribbean immigrants to Britain inspired Gang of Four. They were active participants in Rock Against Racism, a political and cultural movement, that directly confronted the burgeoning fascist movement in the UK. And King fondly recalled to the Washington Post last year the influence that blues dances, illegal house parties boasting huge sound systems, had on the band. So when a melodica wanders across songs such as Not Great Men and 545, that connection is made explicit. Give 545, a song about the way TV news has made war and violence entertainment, a listen.
King took particular inspiration from Bob Marley, stating his genius was to make songs that were about oppression and difficulty sound great and catchy. Gill often spoke about seeing Marley in 1975 when he was 16 during Marley's tour of the UK and being so moved by the performance that he jumped the security barrier in front of the stage to dance, catching Marley's attention, who then reached down to shake Gill's hand. King and Gill had been friends for years before deciding to form a band in 1976. The two studied in the fine arts department of the University of Leeds. Gill was a fan of Jimi Hendrix, whose psychedelic blues, hard rock, and noise were decidedly unhip in the punk days. Gill admitted to his love for Hendrix, telling the Ambient Light blog, Well, I was a massive Jimi Hendrix fan. Just loved that. The way he made his guitar sound like anything. Usually not a guitar. And I was very keen on the record Band of Gypsies where it was him and a couple of guys, and it was much more funk-driven. It was much more rhythmic, and I particularly liked that. All of the Motown and Stax kind of stuff, Steve Cropper as a guitarist, but also the Velvet Underground, massive influence. Reggae from the kind of poppier, 60s, up-tempo ska, through to the slower, spacious kind of dub thing. Drummer Burnham was an English major at Leeds, who at one point formed a theater group influenced by the writings of Karl Marx the 19th century German philosopher and co-founder of communism, but grew tired of preaching to the converted, as he was quoted as saying in Melody Maker. Gill and King, leftist intellectuals themselves, had been collaborating on songs for some time before they decided to put their group together and call it Gang of Four. Although they knew little about Maoism or Chinese communism, King admitted in a 1982 interview with Musician Magazine, it was suggested because it was a good name for a band. After the band's first bassist left, they recruited Allen, who gave up a comfortable living as a session bassist, to join the band. The result of the band's synthesis was a distinctively funky rhythmic structure that provided a counterpoint to Gill and King's vocals and melodica, a toy-like combination of harmonica and keyboard popularized by the reggae singer Augustus Pablo. With the bass and drums taking the lead, much as they do in reggae, Gill amped up the staccato jitteriness of his playing, 
punctuating his slashes and gouges with great gaps of space, an aesthetic of emptiness absorbed from his love of reggae, which used silence and spacing in his riffs to great effect. Give contract a listen and note Burnham's syncopated ska-like drum pattern and the way the bass and drum lock in the way they do in reggae. listen back to Contract, it occurs to me that it and other Gang of Four songs are clearly a prototype form of much of current ska punk. As John Pirellis noted in the Village Voice, Gill had been forced to rethink his role to help the group find its rhythmic focus. As propounded by the early Ramones, punk was utterly redundant, power-corded guitar double-timing the bass and drums and voice. Gill recognized that continuous strumming merely doubles what's already implicit in bass and drums while swaddling the band in constant harmony. His solution? Liquidate most of the harmony and in true dialectical style, strengthen the groove by defying it. Current in 2021, Burnham explained the way dub reggae influenced the band's approach. Dub taught us, along with all of the reggae we were listening to, about space, to not fill every hole, not do big fills on the drums or cymbal crashes all the time, or really fast guitar solos and things. It was about space. Gill went even further during his interview with Premier Guitar, stating, I think the main thing about early dub recordings was instruments dropping out. For example, the drums, bass, and guitar are all playing, and then the guitar and bass drop out, and it's just the drums, and it's that lovely, spacious feel. After maybe 16 bars, the bass comes back in, and that's a great feel. Then the guitar comes back in. The instruments take turns dropping out. I used to call that an anti-solo. Gang of Four did exactly that. The guitar would drop out, and it would just be the bass and drums. Or the guitar and bass would drop out, and it would just be the drums. And then vocals would do something over the top. That would come to a climax, and then the bass and guitar would come back in, which is something very much from dub reggae. It's from the early studio work in Jamaica, where whoever was producing or mixing it would say, let's take a load of tape delay on the vocal and drop out the drums. But then people learned to play like that. Gang of Four certainly learned to use that thing as very central. 
In honor of Gil's love of reggae, I'm going to close out this episode with the iRoy version of The First Cut is the Deepest, which was one of his personal favorite songs. Lovers so deep, you got to be some kind of professional As I would say to be in love as I would tell it to you, baby I would not give in you all of my heart And baby girl, as I would tell it to you That we will never part So you gotta love me from the start and never let I go Still you want the world to know that you love me so So you gotta keep on coming to me Do what I would tell you Baby, I will never compel you As I would tell it to you episode of Punky Reggae Party. I want to thank my co-producer and engineer Rob George for making me sound good. My book Ska Boom is available from DeWolf Publishing at DeWolf.com. That's D-I-W-U-L-F.com as well as on Amazon. Thanks for listening and take care.